It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your good podcast from. And it's a Thursday morning, it is June the 8th and coming up this morning we have another episode from our podcast series Buying Perth Property. Now is this something that you've actually looked at, considered buying property either in Perth or perhaps from interstate? Well if you need help to do that, Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory is willing and able to do it with a lot of resources. Isn't that correct? Absolutely, Craig. Yeah, we've got a team of about 12 people on the ground over here in our office in Perth, helping out a lot of East Coast investors at the moment, as well as locals and home buyers alike. And just having a look, two days after the RBA increased the cash rates, surpassing 4% for the very first time in a decade. Now, we're going to try this morning to anticipate its effect and what is likely to occur in the Perth market. So what impact do you think is, is going to happen as a result? I think this particular rate rise is probably not going to damage confidence and and momentum too much. Subsequent increases to the rate might start to sort of take the wind out of our sails a little bit. I think the the markets that probably need to be more wary of it are the more expensive markets on the East Coast. So Sydney, Melbourne, to a lesser extent, Brisbane, you might start to see uh, that recovery start to slow down in the face of more interest rate rises. And before we go any further, I've got to ask, how is uh, the team going at the moment with that push-up challenge? Uh, well, we've got half the team doing it. We've had one pull out uh, already and we've got some uh, some pretty sore legs. Some people are doing squats in place of push-ups and we've got uh, stairs in our office, so <laughs> no one's too happy about that at the moment. But we've nearly hit our team fundraising goal, which is the main thing. All right, well, we'll come back to Matthew in just a moment. We'll uh, talk more about the Perth property market. We unpack all the important stuff so you're better informed. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Don't let dinner prep time go to waste. Plug in your earbuds to listen to a world of powerful real estate news and information. Well, Australia's population is booming with an additional 1 million people since 2019. Then, of course, we had the pandemic. The Swan region of Western Australia, since we're talking Perth this morning, it is strutting its stuff as a top contender with an annual growth of 46,000 residents and a 15,500 increase since 2019. And 19. And Perth's eastern metropolitan area is also thriving, boasting a 3.4% growth rate and 161,000 residents. And of course, the next few years is only going to highlight even more people coming into Australia. All right, if you're celebrating your birthday, we better check on those for the eighth day of June. Happy birthday to you. If you are a simple Simply Red fan, you will know who Mick Hucknell is, the British singer. He's on the birthday calls. He's turning 61. Bonnie Tyler, the Welsh singer with the gravelly voice, she's turning 71. I always thought that Bonnie Tyler and Rod Stewart should do something together. I looked that up and I found out they did years ago. 
I think 1986, they sang Islands in the Stream, which is that Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers song. So I'll have to check that out. Can't pass that up. Rod Stewart and Bonnie Tyler singing together. What does that sound like? It's the main centre forecast. Well, let's check on the weather and see what that looks like across your Thursday morning. And good morning if you are in Sydney expecting some showers increasing and 21 degrees. Melbourne showers to ease with 17. In Brisbane expect cloudy but mainly fine conditions for you with 24 degrees. And in Perth expect a shower or two for your Thursday and 19 degrees. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. And we are back with Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory there in Perth, where the sun is always shining. And uh, Matthew, Rewa reported a decline in available properties with just 5,589 properties for sale in Perth, which I think is down 5.1% from the previous week. How severe is the housing crisis? resulting from this uh, scarcity in properties for sale and rent at the moment? Yeah, the scarcity here is quite severe already and it it is worsening. As you mentioned, stock on market for sale dropped 5% in the past week alone. That's probably partly due to seasonal changes and the fact that we've had some horrible weather here. You mentioned that the sun's always shining here. It hasn't been in the last week. We had 105 mils of rain in three days. So that's probably contributed a little bit to the timing of new listings, but it is a trend that we've seen happening since sort of December last year, we're around 8,000 properties and we thought that was already very low and now it's dropped down to five and a half. And for reference, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, a balanced market here is about 13,000 properties on the market. So what that means is it's a highly competitive market. We've got demand far exceeding supply and it's leading to bidding wars um, and significant um, decreases in affordable housing options, especially for first home buyers trying to get out of the rental space where, where they can't find a rental at the moment. Yeah, gee, that's a real problem. We'll get to that in just a moment. But putting the magnifying glass across Perth for the lack of properties on the market, what are the primary factors contributing to the shortage of properties available for sale and rent, do you think, in Perth? Yeah, it's primarily because of an imbalance between population growth, demand and housing construction. Uh, We're not building enough houses. We're not seeing enough new development starts. If you look at the leading indicator, which is your dwelling approvals, it's still languishing around 900 per month. That's a figure that was last achieved about 40 years ago when the population in Perth was half what it is today. So we're we're failing to meet demand with new construction. And we're also seeing that there's not a lot of uh, properties coming to market from established sellers, partly because the market's gridlocked because they're either waiting for further growth because obviously everyone's pretty bullish on the Perth market at the moment, or they're just sort of locked in their own home at the moment because they have nowhere else to go. Historically, you could sell your home uh, and put it in an offer subject to a sale of your own home. You're not going to get that through on any sort of decent property in Perth at the moment because the competition's too great. So any additional clauses you're adding to a contract will make your offer non-competitive. So if you've got nowhere else to move, whether it's to a rental or to another property that you're purchasing, that's uh, what we're seeing is people are just staying put. So that's limiting new listings as well. 
Gee, okay. And first home buyers, they are hit the hardest with these rate rises. Then they have the double whammy of lack of properties on the market, which is what you're talking about. How does the limited availability of properties impact, do you think, for potential buyers there in Perth right at the moment? Look, it's a problem across the board for all buyers, but especially for first home buyers or those with limited budget. They're facing multiple offer scenarios on just about every property where it's leading to stress and frustration and people overbidding if they can, or if they've got a, a limited budget, then they're a little bit hamstrung and they're having to adjust their brief and look at other areas or look at a house that perhaps doesn't fit their brief exactly just to get into the market. And what we're also seeing is that people with limited budgets, that budget is dwindling because of, as you know, rates keep going up and serviceability for these buyers is decreasing. So your budget of 500 last month might next month only be 475. So that's a a bigger problem for for people trying to get into the market is a dwindling budget in a market that's, uh, that's appreciating. Boy, oh boy, right around the country, cities are under intense stress for people to house themselves. We, we certainly can't argue with that. So what do you think are the ramifications of the shortage of rental properties on tenants and the overall rental market? Because you just kind of wonder when that is going to bottom out, because surely it can't just keep going. But some of the uh, commentators are saying exactly that. Yeah, look, it can't go forever. Obviously, everything is cyclical, but I think we're probably only halfway through roughly our current cycle. It's having significant consequences for tenants. Uh, we Our rental median rental figure on houses back pre-COVID was about $350 a week. That's up to $560 now. So that's a 60% increase on the median rent. And, it's, and so it's not just a lack of options and an inability to secure something, is they're having to actually spend a lot more of their wages on that particular property just to be competitive and secure something for their family. So it is a problem across the board. It's creating additional pressure on the vulnerable populations um, and it's probably contributing to homelessness rates as well. Just a, anecdotally, we went camping, myself and the family, last weekend and we saw three single females that were all out there camping and it's hard to say but I would I would hazard a guess that not all of them were camping enthusiasts. Some of them possibly were there not by choice uh, which is really sad to see. Yeah, and it's probably only going to get worse in the short term. Okay, so let's have a look at what can be done, if anything, in terms of what steps could be taken to address this whole housing crisis and maybe alleviate its impact on both buyers and tenants. Have you got any suggestions in that field? Yeah, look, it's a complex problem to solve. I think it requires a multifaceted approach. Uh, we need to obviously increase supply through new construction, that, um, and that's of just typical housing and affordable housing. Uh, I think the government needs to step in and start incentivizing developers, whether that's just cutting red tape. There's something that needs to happen in that space to encourage developers to get out there and start building again, because at the moment there is a disconnect between the price of established properties and the cost to build them. So most development sites are not profitable to build, hence no development. And I think the government needs to seriously consider uh, removing the um, the foreign duty that they applied um, some years ago. It probably shouldn't have been put in place in the first place. 
and it is limiting foreign investors coming into our market and foreign investors help get apartment sites out of the ground. They contribute to pre-sale requirements for lenders and that would create more stock, more rental stock for people to move into. But essentially, I think we need to have greater collaboration between the government, industry stakeholders, community organisations, and they need to work together to find some sustainable solutions to, to deal with this housing crisis that we're stepping into. And Matt, I said right at the very outset that, you know, you're on the ground there, you you know the market really well. One of the things, of course, that people can pick up from you uh, when they're dealing with you in terms of transactions on properties is the data, 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 data. You really do drill down on that, don't you? We do. Yeah, we update all of our internal research quarterly. Um, So we've got a list of approved suburbs. And then within that, we've got pockets within suburbs that are greenlit and others that are not. So we know where to buy for uh, investment outcomes and for people who are looking to outperform the market. And we've got a great track record of doing that historically. It's just a matter of buyers who are engaging at the moment. We're just encouraging them all to be patient because it is taking longer to find and secure good property and also to be decisive because when you find something good, you need to act decisive and in somewhat with some, some tempered aggression as well if you're going to secure a good property in this market. All right, so thank you once again, Matthew, giving us a little bit of a lay of the land in Perth this morning. You and the team at Capital Property Advisory have a fantastic Thursday and talk soon. Thanks, Craig. Good to talk to you. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast. Mm-hmm.